Dr. Michael Walden, welcome to Ask the Blood Detective. This is a show about how you can be your own personal blood detective. Now, what does that mean? What it simply means is that as your own personal blood detective, you've acquired knowledge so that you can make better healthcare choices. And beyond just lip service to your ability or my claim that your ability to make smarter healthcare choices is possible is the fact that I've seen some of you out there as patients, and you're not like other people. And here's what I mean by that. The level of education that you have in healing and disease prevention and staying well, and the way that your brain works, uh, a what I like to call a from a holistic-minded perspective, is quite a rare and wonderful thing. You know, at the end of my very long days, I often will reflect back on some of the people that I've seen that day, obviously. And the level, again, of understanding and acceptance and application of natural health concepts goes from none at all to persons that have tried some pretty extreme natural health measures. But sometimes a person needs individual or personalized advice and or they might need the help of someone like myself that can look at testing and put things together in a different way so that together we can work in partnership. But what I mean by this introduction is that just the very uh, topic today, which is that of uh, mold dangers and electromagnetic influences and radiation in the environment, along with the uh, potential effects of heavy metals, when I told another physician friend of mine what my show topic was today, I think his jaw, I mean, it almost fell off his face because for a physician to go to a medical symposium to hear information about any one of those topics I just mentioned, it's advanced stuff. He did not have any idea that this sort of information is even discussed in uh, the public forum, like on this radio show. So you have done something very special by listening today, whether it's my show or any of the other shows on this station, you have already uh, become a much more educated uh, healthcare consumer. And I want to just make sure that you take that education and you apply it to your health. When I mentioned that I reflect back on patients at the end of the day, people that I've seen there is a percentage of people who will take the information and do nothing at all with it. And uh, it was Einstein who said something like, information is valueless unless it's applied by the individual. And that paraphrase, I think, is so true. And even in my own life, I mean, I'm a human being as well. When I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was 18, my father, who was a doctor at the time and a very well-known nutritionist, told me exactly what I needed to do. And it took me a handful of years to get to the point emotionally to make the changes that I needed to make. But it happened in a moment. I just one day simply decided I had enough. I woke up with, with chest pain from the anxiety of is this MS going to kill me? Is it going to ruin my life? Will I not be able to run again? I, I was and still am an avid runner. Can I continue to lift weights? Uh, who will love me if I'm affected with MS? All of these things you, you might imagine go along with the thoughts of being afflicted by a potentially life-altering disease. And I simply got fed up and I did the things my father told me to do the dietary things, those ways in which to manage my stress. Uh, I took the specific nutritional supplements. I did what he told me to do. And at age 52, I have no MS limitations or other physical limitations whatsoever. 
Um, I'm told I don't look near my age, and I can tell you I certainly don't feel that. But judging from the portion of my practice, which consists of people like yourself, I am very, very gratified to be able to work with you because when I do, the level of communication is just different. You just get stuff. So in this area today, mold, metals, and electromagnetic influences in your home or in your environment, I don't think we could be talking about a more important topic. I mean, of course, I think all of the topics that you, the listening audience, uh, have provided me and that I've done on each show are essential. But today what I plan to do is, is pull together this whole big question mark about molds and how molds may affect someone's health and how uh, medicine tends to drop the ball in this area. I'll talk about testing regarding molds and metals and electromagnetic issues and influences. And of course, we'll talk about a lifestyle and nutritional uh, and dietary strategies. And I'll outline some of the symptoms that are involved in these, in these issues. I'll be focusing mostly today on the mold issue, but I will attempt to, to do my very best to, to tie in the metals and the electromagnetic influences. Now, some of you might be thinking, but what, what's in common? What, what do molds and metals and electromagnetic influences have in common that I'd want to put them all in the same show? Well, uh, I'll tell you why. Because I've seen too many patients that uh, I believe have exposures to these three potential uh, toxic effects. Molds are ubiquitous. They are literally everywhere. They're on every piece of fruit that you eat. And they're probably in your home. And they're in other places, obviously, in the environment, at work, etc., Metals, again, heavy metals are ubiquitous. They are in our atmosphere and they are in the foods we eat, oftentimes even when they're organically grown, free-range foods. And electromagnetic influences, again, as you might imagine, are also ubiquitous, meaning they are everywhere in our environment. They come from the earth. They're, they're, they're made by the earth. They come to us from outer space and we generate them through technologies such as cell phones. And the combination of the effects of mold and electromagnetic influences are, um, I would have to say, not at all acknowledged uh, together. So for those of you that are just joining us, my name is Dr. Michael Wald. I'm the supervisor of nutrition at Integrated Nutrition in Mount Kisco, located an hour north of New York City. Please send me your show topics uh, to my personal email, which is info at blooddetective.com. You can also call me at 914-552-1442. That's 914-552-1442. And all of my other uh, past shows you can find under the blog section of my my, my video, I'm sorry, my um, website. And you can also find nearly 60 videos on my website at intmedny.com. So, Suffice it to say now that mold, dangers, and metals, and electromagnetic influences should be spoken together because they influence us every second of every waking day. Now, let me start with some general concepts. First of all, think about it. If you're exposed to electromagnetic and other radiation influences and toxic metals and toxic mold on a daily basis, why aren't you sick right now? Now, some of you are sick right now. And you may have been diagnosed with who knows what diagnosis, maybe diabetes, maybe it was lupus, perhaps it was chronic Lyme disease, or whatever. Any diagnosis can be masquerading as a mold problem. In other words, mold, metals, and electromagnetic influences can cause or worsen, in my opinion, virtually every and any disease or dysfunction that human beings uh, may be affected by. The problem in medicine, the way I see it, is education and also uh, postgraduate education. So in other words, 
when I went to um, medical school, even chiropractic school, I could summarize for you on one page, one typewritten page, what I learned about molds, metals, and electromagnetic influences. Electromagnetic, I don't believe, came up at all. Uh, metals come up uh, in, in, in toxicology portions of, of the classroom setting, and molds are discussed very briefly. So it's up to the healthcare provider to educate him or herself after they graduate, that's the postgraduate setting, uh, to uh, understand the influences of these conditions. Now, the problem herein, though, is that traditional medicine recognizes only a small portion of how we're affected by these influences. And I'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. So why don't we, why don't we get, begin by talking about the whole mold issue? So what medicine tends to recognize is that you might have itchy eyes and coughing, you might be sneezing, you might have been diagnosed with seasonal allergies, but you really might have a much bigger problem and it might be mold. You might be exposed to mold continuously in your home or work or other setting that you visit frequently or, this is important folks, the mold may have taken up residence in your body. So you're at home, maybe you're in your basement, whatever it is, mold spores are floating around, they get into your respiratory tract. And then they say, wow, it's so nice and moist and warm in here. So I'm going to grow and I'm going to proliferate just like a Petri dish in a science lab. And then those mold organisms can make their way further down in the respiratory tract into the lungs, for example, causing permanent lung damage or any other uh, degree of, of lung impairment. That much is recognized by medicine. But what is not really is that mold problems can affect a person to such an extent that they can develop, and this is not just my opinion, there's, there's science behind this. Everything from chronic fatigue and all of the, the achiness and fibromyalgia type chronic fatigue syndrome symptoms that you can imagine, along with brain fog, fogginess or impaired thinking, constant exposure to mold or metals or electromagnetic influences impact, what do you think, folks? Impact the immune systems. Not just immune system, but immune systems. So on my show that you can find up on my blog at intmedny.com called Everything Immune, we'll teach you as much about the immune system as you'll pretty much ever need to know and the, the three major arms of the immune system. What I found in many of my patients is that their constant exposure to mold that's also taken up residence in their body will impact one or more aspects or arms of the immune system. One of the major arms of the immune system that are affected, in my experience, by, by molds and also metals uh, is the immunoglobin immune system, immunoglobin immune system. Now, Traditional medicine does know about the immunoglobin immune system, of course. And if someone has, let's say, multiple sclerosis or lupus or a mixed connective tissue disease or any one of about a dozen or so limited conditions that do not respond to any other type of treatments and medications, they will usually provide intravenous immunoglobins to that patient. Uh, that the treatment is extremely expensive. I think it's over $20,000 a month. And most patients that I've talked to cannot tell me it's even worked for them. And they'll receive it three, four times a week. And they are told, expect to feel super sick afterwards. My point here is that, though, many people have low immunoglobin immune systems. This is something that can be tested. Any show that's provided by me, the blood detective, cannot and would not be complete unless I discussed some appropriate testing that you simply do not hear. We have already discussed more about testing than you probably can accurately find out on your own by Googling it. In other words, when I Google, let's say, holistic treatments and tests for mold, what I hear and read is pretty much the same stuff over and over again. Fix your digestive tract, reduce your sugar, and that's pretty much it. 
yes, you might need to, you do need to improve your digestive tract. And of course, you need to improve your environment. And you may need to balance your blood sugar. Uh, That's all very important. But if you're not targeting your immunoglobin immune system, none of that even matters. For example, another thing that I read all over the place, when you would just Google, let's say, again, natural treatments for mold, is the whole concept of detoxification. So first of all, I want to direct you to my other show called Detox Deception. But what I want to say about detox and molds is that molds aren't really detoxed. Molds may produce chemicals in the body uh, called VOCs that do need to be dismantled in the body, but they're not detoxed. But for argument's sake, let's just say that molds need to be detoxed from the body. How would you do that? Well, yes, we want to eliminate the mold. But the way to eliminate the mold is by maximizing the immune system's function. There is no supplement, there is no powder, there is no phyto plant nutrient you're going to take that's going to detoxify mold in your body. That's not happening. What you can do to eliminate mold is, here's everything right here succinctly, and then we're going to take this apart over the course of the rest of the show. Your immune system must be assessed. Your general nutrition must be assessed because your nutrition affects your immune system. And your living environment must be assessed as well. Many times, though, people are very confused because they'll say to me, I got my home tested and the mold was removed and or I didn't find any mold and here I am sick. A person can very easily visit somewhere else and be populated by mold. The mold takes up residence in your respiratory system. It can travel throughout other areas of the body. And by the way, this traveling of mold and other infective agents from one area of the body to another, there's a term for it in science. It's called translocation. So if you have mold in your mouth and you swallow it and it goes into your stomach, if you do not have proper stomach acid, then that mold will make, it, will make its way further down in your, into your uh, digestive tract. So that's, that's rule number one. You must have normal stomach acid and you should have guidance with a knowledgeable healthcare provider that can put you through the appropriate stomach acid testing. And then if the mold makes its way further into your small intestine, which is after the stomach, remember the small intestine contains 70% of your body's immune system in its wall. It's the, the immune system in the small intestine is called the Peyer's Patches. It has to do with T-cells and other immune modulators. And if you don't have the appropriate environment in the small intestine that is adverse to the mold, then the mold will, of course, grow even more in your small intestine, releasing all sorts of volatile compounds in your gut, and then, of course, creating an inflammation in your small intestine. Inflammation breaks down the cell wall of the small intestine microscopically, which will give you a leaky gut and possibly uh, SIBO, S-I-B-O, which is the abbreviation for small intestine bacterial overgrowth. And then some of this mold or its toxic compounds can leach into the blood or the damage done by the mold within the small intestine can cause other toxic compounds that were in your small intestine to enter your blood. It's just a mess. And then once in your blood, If you have a reasonably good immune system, it will notice these toxins and direct the immune system uh, towards a cleanup duty. Now, back to the small intestine. What creates an, an, an unfavorable, or I should say, what creates a friendly environment for mold to overgrow and create all those issues plus others in the small intestine? Well, if the liver is not producing enough bile, and if the bile acids are not distributed into the small intestine as needed appropriately, that would be one reason. Another reason that would set up a friendly environment for fungi to overgrow and wreak havoc in the small intestine is if the pancreas does not secrete enough 
protein, starch, and fat-digesting enzymes. So what happens is the, the gallbladder receives the bile acids from the liver. Let's call that, let's call that your right hand. And your right hand is the, is the gallbladder. And your left hand is the pancreas. And then your arms are the tubes that come from your gallbladder and your pancreas respectively. Then they meet at your elbows and they go right into the small intestine. And they secrete through this particular area together. All I'm trying to emphasize here, folks, don't be thrown off by the anatomy class, is that when the bile acids come into the small intestine and the pancreatic enzymes go into the small intestine, they go in at the exact same place. So the co- a combination of factors can produce a poor environment. So it's very important, uh, at least what I do with my patients, is I go through a stomach acid loading test, a pancreatic enzyme loading procedure, and a probiotic loading procedure. And uh, through that process can help maximize the immune system in the uh, small intestine. This concept of, I don't know, um, drinking green juices or spirulina, uh, and that's somehow going to remove mold from you, uh, again, not going to happen. That's just, it's too complicated. It's way beyond that for most individuals. Now, getting back to the specifics of mold, we know that molds can impair your immune system so profoundly that it can cause cancer, possibly even autism and other special needs problems. It is one of these things that I call the masquerader of many diseases. I've also used that exact term describing the effects of metals on individuals, allergies in general on individuals, and certainly gluten, even GMOs. So a thorough look at someone's lifestyle, what they used to eat, what they're currently eating, all of this are important factors. So mold in general is in pretty much every household that I've said. And the worst part of it all is you may not see it. It might not even, you might not even know it's in your home for years, decades. It can be hiding between walls, under carpets, in the corners of a ceiling, uh, in a dark nook in your attic. The, the number of hiding places is uh, extreme. Now, we know that toxic mold forms what are known as volatile organic compounds. And these, they're abbreviated VOCs. And VOCs, they're not only uh, produced by mold, but mold does produce them. And so the the mold produces these VOCs. They're extremely dangerous to your health. They can affect your nervous system. They can certainly affect your respiratory system, your digestive system, your immune systems, your endocrine system, your hormone system. So lots of neurologic diseases can be triggered by molds. Molds are infections. So infections are right now pretty much considered the number one cause of of death and disability among human beings. Sometimes, folks, you cannot identify the molds. You cannot identify the infection. But if you use natural approaches correctly, you won't hurt the person. And most of the time, you'll help the person. So the symptoms, of course, of molds can be anything if it can affect every system. Molds disrupt hormones potentially, degenerate the nervous system, cause digestive problems. They can cause lymphatic problems. You name it, the list goes on and on and on. But most of the symptoms you hear about mold poisoning are nausea and hives and asthma and runny nose and chronic coughing, um, labored breathing, skin rashes. That's as far as medicine goes. It's all about the respiratory. And anything else, no, can't be molds, can't be molds. I, I, I had talked to some of my medical colleagues about this. I say, why don't you think that molds can cause these other problems? And you know what their answer is? Well, I didn't learn that in medical school. And I politely say, well, I think it's time we did some studying beyond medical school then because the research for this is all over the National Library of Medicine and the Cochrane Database of Research. It's right there. There are textbooks on this, this whole effect. 
more extreme symptoms in medicine, they would consider, uh, you know, lethargy, dizziness, memory loss, even infertility. But depending on how long a person's been exposed to, uh, to the mold. But, but of course, it's very hard for a person to you know, run to their doctors when they suspect mold problems if, if their symptoms might be migraines, if their symptom is uh, thyroid cancer, uh, if their symptom is an autoimmune disease like you know, rheumatoid arthritis or osteoarthritis even. Even diabetes can be caused by mold. But detection of the specific mold, I personally don't think is that important. If you know that there's mold in your house, you have to just get rid of the mold. The treatments in medicine for the specific types of molds, they don't vary. You know, the, the treatments, are, if they're, you know, in, in respiratory, is, uh, you know, nasal corticosteroids and antihistamines and oral decongestants and, and, a, and a drug known as Singulair. That, that's basically what medicine has. If you are in this rare category, according to traditional medicine, where you have a systemic fungal infection, then, of course, you would be hospitalized and you would be given 24-7 intravenous drips of antifungal medication, which work very much like antibiotics. And you know what I'm going to say here. The antifungal medication, just like antibiotics, will kill some of the mold in your body. But some of that mold is very resilient. It will mutate and change. And as your body is exposed to the antifungal medication, it kills off a good amount of fungus and survival of the fittest dictates that those fungi remaining are super, super strong. They're super molds. And in the hospital, there's no focus on nutrition. You get hospital food. If you're a diabetic... Well, that predisposes a person to fungal infections and systemic fungal infections or any kind of infections far more. So yes, of course we want to balance one's blood sugar. And once that's done, and that's not only done, by the way, by reducing sugar in the diet and not all sugar is the same. Sugar, for example, from fruits with the exception of grapes boosts the immune system potentially. And that sounds like a contradiction because there's sugar in fruit and you're not supposed to have sugar when you have mold because sugar is a fuel for molds. There's, that's not exactly true. Some molds are killed off by certain sugars. There's research on this because of how the sugars improve the immune response against the molds. Fruit juice is never allowed in my opinion. Grapes are never allowed in someone who is suspected of having mold issues because grapes contain mostly glucose which causes more erratic changes in blood sugar in susceptible people. And of course, I should say, when it comes to susceptible people, if you are exposed to molds or metals or electromagnetic forces in your, in your life, um, if you have quirks in your immune system or in your health in general, that those quirks may make you and do make you more susceptible to getting sick. So what's so confusing is that you might get sick and someone else in your home or work may not get sick. So medicine gets confused when, when everyone or pretty much everyone is not getting sick. But they do acknowledge what are called immune resiliency factors. We have an immune resiliency or we do not. So that is what I'm interested in, determining each person's immune resiliency or lack thereof and improving their immune resiliency by eating well for you. What is eating well? Is there an anti-mold diet? Well, sort of. You don't want to be eating refined and processed sugars and desserty foods and refined and processed carbohydrates like pastas. You probably uh, would want to have a healthier, higher protein intake and healthy, higher fat intake and eat fairly regularly throughout the day, you know, eat what you would consider, you know, a healthy plant-based for the most part diet. But if your immune system is insufficient, it may require specific foods or specific nutrients in the form of supplements that don't fit the, forgive the pun folks, but don't fit the mold of what an anti-mold diet would be. So when I look at as – as a blood detective, when I look at a person's laboratory work 
And I, uh, I am figuring out what type of foods they should be eating for their problem. The foods need to be chosen based upon at least this factor. They have to contain the appropriate amount of specific nutrients that the person is lacking that cause them to have a greater susceptibility to molds in their lives. You know, many people can be exposed to molds for decades, and they are. But one day, the immune system and the body just says, I can't deal with this anymore, and the symptoms come. And some people that I see, they, they, they think it's a recent problem. They say, no, no, I was, I've been healthy all my life. How could I be healthy all my life and then get this? Well, I say to them what I think is the truth. And I'm, I'm, I hear this question every single day. They'll say, Dr. Wald, I was healthy all my life. And, and then this happened. This prostate cancer happened. This breast cancer happened. Uh, th- this, these joint pains happened. My brain is not the same as it, it was. I'm gaining weight. My hormones are off, uh, out of whack. That can happen due to the constant bombardment of your body of mold, mold toxins that cause a release of inflammatory mediators that trigger more inflammation in the body and this whole cycle of degenerative stress. And I tell them, if your body had a healthier immune system 10 years ago, maybe you would have had the more subtle symptoms of mold exposure or metal exposure or electromagnetic exposure. And then you would have known enough to take care of it earlier. But your body was was not showing the right symptoms early enough. I'll give you another quick example. I myself, with the whole autoimmune disease thing, multiple sclerosis, there is a trend, and there's studies on this too, which is amazing, that persons with autoimmune disease like MS will tend to feel good until they get really sick. So the body just goes from one extreme to the other. It's like like being bipolar, but in terms of how your body responds to a thing. If your immune system were acting appropriately, then you would have earlier signs. So if you are exposed to pollution or someone smoking, a healthy immune system would have you start to cough. And then that cough is an alarm reaction by your body, which you're supposed to interpret as, I need to get out of here. This is not good for me. But what happens over time, folks? We get desensitized to toxins. We don't notice them anymore. We don't smell them anymore. But I promise you, they are working their magic in your physiology. And it's never good. So people who've been exposed to toxic mold often have impaired digestion. But also impaired digestion can increase one's susceptibility to mold or metal problems or even to how electromagnetic influences affect you. Remember, it's not just the exposure to the metal. It's not just your exposure to electromagnetic forces. It's not just your exposure to molds that can make you sick now or tomorrow or in a week or two years or 10 years or 20 years. It's the balance between what I call precipitating factors and resiliency factors. Resiliency refers to your body's resiliency against a toxic toxic exposure. And resiliency factors are what will protect you and build your health. Precipitating factors are those exposures in your life that precipitate an illness, which again is the mold and the metals and the electromagnetic stuff. So if you're exposed to the mold, you know, stacky boy trees or, uh, you know, uh, aspergillus, for example, or uh, cladosporium or whatever the bugs are, that's not what's important. What's important is we need to get your immune system maximized. In order to do that, we need to make sure your gut is protected, not just because 70% of the immune system, as I said earlier, is located in your small intestine, but we need to make sure that your stomach acids are correct, your bile acid secretion is correct, your pancreatic enzyme ability is correct. And in terms of detoxification, yes, that does need a focus. And detoxification occurs in a multitude of organs. Folks, detoxification does occur in the liver, of course. But it also occurs in the lymphatic system. You know that much. I'm sure most of you also know that detoxification occurs in the kidneys or the renal system. But detoxification also occurs in the cardiovascular system, 
and in the pulmonary system and a few other systems. So mold, metal, or electromagnetic exposure treatments need to be whole body approaches. They can't just be one system or the other. When you get overgrowth of mold in the respiratory tract, some, you might get a, uh, a nasal infection. And most sinusitis is actually mold. So what do your ENTs or your primaries do? Again, they'll give you nasal corticosteroids very commonly and or oral antibiotics. Antibiotics do not work against fungal organisms, but you still see this all the time. Doctors just don't even do a nasal swab anymore. They just assume, they just give everyone uh, uh, antibiotics. And the corticosteroids are immune suppressors. That sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? Why would you give someone an immune suppressor when their immune system was probably suppressed to begin with, which gave them the mold infection or the chronic sinusitis? Well, I'm all for managing symptoms in a person. And if someone must or chooses to take a nasal cortical steroid and or antibiotics and they visit with me, my job is to make sure that I can compensate them as much as humanly possible for the adverse effects that do occur immediately and can often occur in the long term in these individuals. So yes, does a person need probiotics if they've been on antibiotics? Yes, they do. But the probiotics, there's different types and they should be chosen correctly for each person. And they're not supposed to be taken with the antibiotic. They need to be timed appropriately. And the dose of them has to be specific for the individual too. And the, the amounts on a bottle have nothing to do with an individual's actual need. And there's a number of nutrients which can help offset uh, cortical steroid use. First of all, steroids tend to cause low levels of adrenal hormones like DHEA, not DHA, which is omega-3 fat, but DHEA, which is needed to build the immune system up. But it has to be used appropriately because some people, some women shouldn't take it because it could promote estrogen. Some men shouldn't take it because it might promote dihydrotestosterone and cause everything from uh, male pattern baldness to female pattern baldness to acne. Uh, but for example, vitamin A can offset some of the immunocompromising effects of corticosteroids. But remember that your respiratory tract and your digestive tract influence a lot of things. So we need to look at those things when one takes a very serious look and effort towards improving their health. The medical approach to looking at molds would be to do certain blood tests like radio ergoabsorbent um, tests. And these types of tests measure a type of immunoglobin called IgE. And the thing is that um, it's fine to measure for the presence of that, but the treatments are not going to change. If you walk into your doctor's office with upper respiratory symptoms or symptoms of mold, what's going to happen is that your doctor is going to recommend the same drugs anyway. Plus, if you have inflammation when you have a mold problem, which you do, and you check, let's say, allergies, some of you are thinking, well, maybe I have food allergies, maybe they lowered my immune system, made me susceptible to the fungus. If you have inflammation, your food allergy test will cause many false positive results. Inflammation causes false positive tests. I'll see patients come in and their IgE food allergy tests show like 25 different food allergens, but their inflammatory markers that I've measured are very high. That's causing fake testing, like fake news, whatever that is. So fake testing, I think I just coined that term, fake testing. Um, it's important also to know that if you're taking steroids and you do food allergy tests, the steroids suppress inflammation and will suppress the number of positive food allergy testing. So there is a time and a place to do the right testing is what I'm saying to you as, as a uh, blood detective. You know, in a hospital setting, when it's recognized that a person has a compromised immune system, one of the things they do is take uh, – they don't give them any fruits and vegetables. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And this is written up in medical handbooks. Why? Because they know that there are fungi 
and other uh, organisms on fruits and vegetables that in an immunocompromised person can give a person an infection. Um, and that is true in certain cases. So that is why any healthcare provider must really know what they're doing when they're looking at the immune systems and really must know what to do going beyond just the basics in terms of diet. I, I always check whether or not someone is absorbing, first of all, because the level of malabsorption, if you malabsorb certain nutrients, you might have a compromised immune system that allows you to become sick due to the mold in your home that you weren't reacting to before, like they actually weren't a problem for you. You can be exposed to molds and never have a problem. Or you could be exposed to molds and you can get white matter lesions in your brain, which are areas of dead brain tissue, essentially. What I usually find, though, when people see me, these are people that have been everywhere else. They have seen some uh, pretty smart doctors and high up places. And the findings are the same that the doctors did a bunch of tests and couldn't find anything really, uh, prophylactically treated them with IV antibiotics or oral antifungals, suggested that they might want to have mold checked in their homes, and that's it. And the person is still sick. Now, here's something I have not mentioned that is very important for you to be mindful of when dealing with molds or any ubiquitous toxin. Uh, like metals or electromagnetic forces. And that is this. The one factor we said that can make you susceptible to getting sick is that you have a weak immune system. But you might also have had a weak immune system. Let me say that again. The one factor that can make you sick, obviously, is you have a weak immune system, you're exposed to something, and you get a disease. The other factor is your immune system is fine. It could even be better than fine. But you're exposed to a little electromagnetic radiation, you're exposed to some metals uh, in, your, in the air that you're breathing, and you're exposed to some spores in your home, and the combination of these findings just hammers your immune systems long enough, and there, and there you go. Then your immune system is disrupted. It makes you susceptible to cancers, autoimmune problems. You're not responding to the nutrients you're taking that should work. So if you have a chronic health problem of any type and you have tried a number of ways to try to manage it, consider that you might have a combination of either molds, electromagnetic and or metal issues, or one of those. I met with a woman just yesterday who saw a pretty renowned uh, holistic provider in uh, Westchester, and uh, she has memory issues and joint issues and hormonal issues, among other problems. She presented to me testing, and she, oh, and she had uh, hair loss. She presented testing to me, which showed a large number of metals. I, I rarely have seen an individual with uh, that no, many toxic metals present all at once and many hormones, uh, abnormal hormone levels. The holistic doctor gave her armor thyroid, which is natural thyroid, which is what a holistic doctor is supposed to do. Except the doctor made no attempt to remove the metals, which probably disrupted the thyroid. And we know that mercury, for example, can cause hypothyroidism, which can cause everything from fatigue, weight gain, to fluid retention, to dry skin, to malaise, to slow healing, to feeling cold, impaired memory, all her symptoms. And you might be saying, oh, okay, well, then, yeah, she needs chelation therapy. She needs intravenous chelation therapy. First of all, most heavy metal situations do not require IV chelation. IV chelation, for those of you who don't know, is a intravenous infusion of certain uh, molecules, compounds like EDTA, DMSA, and others, DMPS, that bind to certain metals. And that is important, but the proper oral nutrition that binds to metals, but at the same time, provides 
an overall nutrition support for the person's problems is a better choice. For example, if someone has mercury toxicity and copper and aluminum, which this woman had, she will benefit from a supplement called N-acetylcysteine. N-acetylcysteine binds to all of those metals, but it doesn't just bind, folks. Binding and removing is important, but it's one thing. You need to improve the body's ability to detoxify. In traditional standard toxicology textbooks, these books are they're like a thousand pages. They know that N-acetylcysteine works. It's in there. N-acetylcysteine increases glutathione in the body. Glutathione is a major immune molecule. So now you're also improving someone's immunity. None of those IV chelating materials that I named before, EDTA, DMPS, DMSA, none of them improve the immune system. And some are quite dangerous. Some bind to metals in the blood and stick them in the brain. So we don't want to do that. So NAC is just one example. Buffered vitamin C is another. So it's important that we figure out the right dose of vitamin C for an individual, not just I'm taking vitamin C, I'm good to go. That's a very common misconception that I find with individuals. They t- they're taking the right things, but they have no idea how much they actually need. Now let's switch over here uh, for a moment to metals. When it comes to metals, they're all, they're all basically bad, um, with, with a few exceptions. For example, we need copper in our bodies, small amounts of copper for immune system health, for example, to use iron appropriately uh, for thyroid function, even, even the stress response. And another metal is iron. We need iron to produce hemoglobin in the body. And hemoglobin uh, is that molecule in a red blood cell that provides uh, oxygen to tissues and is involved in oxygen and carbon dioxide exchange. Uh, I can go on with other examples of metals, but what happens is when we're exposed to metals, they, they can damage us in a number of ways. They can, first of all, reduce one's immunity and making a person susceptible to molds. What? <laughs> yes, metals will make you susceptible to molds because they reduce immunity. Metals reduce immunity and therefore make you more susceptible to potentially damaging effects of all forms of radiation. It's the cumulative effects of these precipitating factors in our lives that continue to beat down our inherent, inherent, I should say, immune resiliency. Once again, I see too many individuals that will remove a metal or they'll put a EMF blocker on their cell phone, or they'll clean up their basement of mold, and they do not address other factors in their lives. Uh, the, the first sign that you probably should do that, if you hadn't, is that you're still sick. You might be much better than you were, but you might still be sick. And here's the other very confusing thing. It's reasonable that many people that I see are under the impression that if they're feeling better, they're getting better. Well, let me ask you this question. If you have no symptoms and you're feeling good, could you still have hypertension? Of course you could, the silent killer. If you're feeling good, could you still have cancer? Could you have cancer metastasized in your body, spread around? Of course you could. Many people are fine one day and the next day they get a routine test and they find out their life is over or that they're very sick. Symptoms, my point is that symptoms alone do not reflect health. Lack of symptoms do not reflect health either. Since we are in this toxic environment called Earth, sadly, all of us, I believe, should assume that we have exposure to these toxins and take steps to remediate them, and then to adopt certain healthy lifestyle habits, including taking some specific nutritional supplements and some generalized nutritional supplements. What do I mean by that? Well, I believe that there are certain nutritional supplements that everyone should take. 
So I have all my patients take four specific superfoods that I designed called Detox 1, 2, 3, and 4. One is green, one's orange, one's purple, one's red. And you know, you listeners that have been on my show before, you've heard me talk about these a little. Here's just 10 seconds more. The stuff that I make that's green is not necessarily the same as what someone else makes that is green. I spent years developing these products. I put everyone on them as a base, uh, starting them with usually the doses on the containers and increasing from there as needed. So those are several, I don't know, 100 healthful plant phytonutrients. And it's, they're metal-free, they're fungal-free. Because plants grow fungus and tend to accumulate metals from the earth. So it's important to know that the products are clean. Secondly, for a person's metal issues or mold issues or electromagnetic you know, issues that we all have inherently, we then need specific nutrition for what each of us specifically needs. So if I look at your blood and you're not absorbing normally or you're spilling a bunch of chlor- or chloride or calcium in your urine, uh, which is very significant of of uh, everything from hardening of the arteries to dementia to osteoporosis to adrenal stress, or I measure you have a high level of, ox- of oxidative stress, or whatever the test is, your nutrition needs to be, of course, tailored to your needs. So this begs the question, so what is the treatment for molds, metals, and electromagnetic stuff? The treatment is a base Fundamental base, for example, detox one, two, three, four, the unrefined, non-processed diet I mentioned earlier, uh, a focus in your diet of specific foods that have higher levels of specific nutrients that you either need based on testing or you need for your immune system in general. So whenever you hear about these protocols, the best chelator from metals or, or, or the best nutrients for mold or the best nutrients to protect yourself from radiation, there are some basic ideas out there, but then you must marry them with your unique needs. I did another show all about radiation, and I even quoted many of the medical studies showing that you can offset effects of radiation on your body, which is basically by causing free radicals and all kinds of problems, with certain uh, antioxidants. So I would suggest that you also take a look at that or take a listen, I should say, to that radio show. But whether it's metals, mold, or electromagnetic issues, there are some nutrients I want to mention. The doses would need to be geared towards a person's metabolic rate and a person's absorption uh, capabilities. So some of those herbs would include things you've heard about, like uh, olive leaf extract. Olive leaf is a very potent antioxidant. The amount and length of time a person would need to take this is as long as it takes for them to get better and also for their oxidative stress levels on testing to go down. But the olive leaf does modify the immune system if used correctly as an adaptogen. And then there's uh, wormwood. And uh, this particular herb supports all aspects of the immune system, the three different levels. It helps respiratory, circulatory, and digestive health if used appropriately. It also helps the body detoxify specifically uh, certain uh, chemicals which can impact the immune system. One of the interesting ways of looking at the immune system is assessing what's called the chemotaxis of a white blood cell, the speed of the white blood cell. So it's amazing to see how these herbs can actually do that. And then there's grapeseed extract, which helps the body uh, to expel unwanted fungi and viruses, protozoa, bacteria. And then there's also a black cumin. So black cumin seed and garlic extract are extremely important to promote proper circulation, which is required to get rid of all manner of toxins, 
the gastrointestinal tract's immune system and digestion. And all of these herbs also help modify inflammation. And then this black walnut, uh, black walnut uh, green hull really is the good one. That supports normal cell function, meaning how cells function and they create a chemical language. They talk to the next cell. Um, and there's also the tannin content of black walnut, which is an astringent uh, upon uh, the mucosal tissue in the respiratory tract. But also, I mentioned earlier about immunoglobins, the intravenous immunoglobins. Those may be needed in rare circumstances, but oral immunoglobins are very, very useful. They help to patch up leakiness in the gut. They're literally uh, immunoglobins. So when you take the immunoglobin G orally, which, which I have in my detox immunoglobin G, what the research shows is that it helps to balance out the overall immune system, reducing inflammation, and also binding to certain metals which might cause mold to grow. And then I mentioned earlier again, the proper stomach acid and enzymes. I like to use stomach acid properly combined with enzymes and bile acids in specific ratios. And then the doses are based upon a stomach acid test procedure, or I really should say a digestive uh, acid and enzyme procedure because we're checking for bile acids, enzymes, and stomach acids because that first line of immune defense is your stomach. And then, of course, vitamin C. Since most toxins and metals tend to cause inflammation and tend to add acidic compounds, we want buffered vitamin C. And that buffered vitamin C, should the dose should be determined based on the person's needs. Hormones such as DHEA, uh, pregnenolone, and others help to modify the immune system as well. And, and you don't usually hear about hormones when you're dealing with metals and electromagnetic forces and molds, but they are affected. We've mentioned the probiotics. We talked about the proper probiotics at the right time and the right dose for the right person's circumstances. And then this, well, one particular probiotic I should mention is called Saccharomyces. Saccharomyces boulardii, a very important healthy fungal organism that literally helps to compete with different molds that might be in your body. And the doses, again, have to be appropriate. And even the probiotics like, you know, lactobacillus or bifidobacteria and then saccharomyces, I'll tell you a bit of a hint here. If you take those with protein, particularly a whey protein, they're, they act as if you're, you're giving yourself twice the dose. So very, very important. And then whatever other health problems that you have present, whether it's diabetes or known immune problems, whatever it is, that needs to be considered in context with these other goals for eradicating, avoiding, and remediating molds, metals, and electromagnetic forces. So it's all about what your needs are over time. And there's a little bit of trial and error, as certainly when I work with people. So I think that'll... I think that'll call it quits for today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. My name is Dr. Michael Wald. You've been listening to Ask the Blood Detective. Uh, this topic, like all of the topics, are from you. So send me your show topics at info at blooddetective.com. And if you'd like to see me to work with you personally, I would be happy to do that. You can call me directly at 914-552-1442. My other radio shows are up on the blog at intmed.com ny.com. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I look forward to speaking to you soon on the next episode of Ask the Blood Detective. Have a great day. Come out, Virginia, don't let it wait. Catholic girls start much too.